Good morning to you. Hope you're doing well. It is Monday, September 18th at 9.08 a.m. And I am late on bringing you uh, the Purdue-Syracuse postgame. I apologize to you. Uh, but honestly, some logistics ran right into me. I was at the game on Saturday. I was at in, on campus all weekend from Friday till Sunday morning, uh, thanks to a confluence of good factors, and uh, unable to post due, a, due to a confluence of bad factors. I'll tell you all about my thoughts on the weekend from, from in the seats um, and uh, what I saw. Um, and I'll give you a chance to procrastinate starting your work day if you want to tune in live. I don't know if any, we'll have anybody. It's tough to uh, uh, get people super fired up after a loss, especially after a loss where there are some pretty lousy things happen. But it's not all lost on the season, as we, as we know. It's too early to say something like that. Um, but I'm going to give you all my thoughts. Before I do it, let me thank a couple sponsors. First one, uh, let me thank Homefield Apparel. Homefield Apparel uh, does some great stuff, retro, comfortable t-shirts, and um, and you can get a discount if you're in the inner circle here at Boiled Sports. If you enter Boiled 23 at checkout at Homefield Apparel, you'll get 15% off on your first order. And um, the really, really good thing about their stuff is they've got an, a massive, a massive amount of variety. And if you like to get outside the Purdue stuff, because maybe you've got a friend or family that goes to another school, you can find their gear there too. They got a lot of licenses. They got some really, really cool stuff. And I even like some of the home field branded stuff. I've got, I've got a couple pieces myself. Um, also, when you're on campus, so we got two more weeks in a row here of live football in God's country. First, you've got uh, Wisconsin, of course, this Friday evening, 7 p.m. kickoff. And then you've got homecoming, which is weird to come home after you've been home for three straight weeks versus Illinois. I believe that game's at noon. Um, but when you're on campus, every time, what you should do is head over to AJ's. Go there first. Don't even waste time with other things. Head right over to AJ's on Vine and see the nice people there. See Jake, see Adam. Um, you know who else? Here's the funny thing. It's not, not a lie. I went to AJ's on Friday night with my dad. Had a great time. Uh, had, had really good service. Friendly people. Good food. Um, but one of the really interesting side notes, I walked in and I said, I know that guy from TV. All kidding aside, uh, NBC's Josh Perry, Joshua Perry, who's a former NFL linebacker, if you don't know him, he was at AJ's. Uh, I saw him, and he's one of those guys where he's he's famous enough that when you see him, you're like, okay, I know him, but I couldn't recall his name, probably because my brain doesn't work as well as yours. But Joshua Perry from, from NBC was eating at AJ's on Friday night. So famous people... Uh, semi-famous people, whatever you want to call Josh Perry, um, eat at AJ's by their choice. I don't think, uh, I don't think he had any motivator. He didn't have a sponsorship. Um, yeah, it was, uh, but I had a great time there. Got to see Adam as leaving, as we were leaving. That was cool. Adam had a evening where he went out and, uh, rode motorcycles with his pals. And so we just missed him. He had worked earlier today, earlier that day. We'd missed Jake. He had worked earlier the day. Uh, but, um, yeah, it was a great, great visit to AJ's, and I suggest you go over there um, when you're on campus. Uh, you know I like the place. So anyway, um, my dad had one of their beers on tap, by the way. Um, they've got a cool system. He thought it was cool, the, the bottom-filling system. Anyhow, uh, okay, now let's talk about football, okay? Gosh darn it. Enough talking about AJ's, and, um, but I can never stop talking about AJ's. Purdue is 35-20, to 20, um, and um, they deserve to lose. We can, we can talk about some of the things that were happening, uh, the periphery things, uh, 
there was poor officiating. We can we can give that. There was very poor officiating, especially pass interference calls and roughing the passers calls. The roughing the passer calls go both ways. Purdue had a a, a ticky tack one uh, called on them. Syracuse had a ticky tack call on them. Purdue raised them and had another ticky tack one called on them. But the pass interference ones they they were they were lousy, no doubt. So I can I can say that. And then I'll say the other side. Purdue didn't deserve to win because. They fumbled the ball seven times, and they lost three of those, and they had another turnover on downs. Um, I believe that's the turnovers. I think it was three or four. I can't. Um, but I can tell you, here's, here's one thing. Listen to this. This is, this is the whole game. This is it, okay? Uh, and Purdue almost fought through this to, to – they made it a game, but to, to get to victory. And I'll tell you how close they were if you weren't paying attention. Maybe, maybe you had too many beverages. Who knows? But um, – Purdue lost a turnover on downs uh, in the first half. It led directly to a Syracuse touchdown. Purdue fumbled, and it led directly to a touchdown. Purdue fumbled again, and it led directly to a touchdown. What that led to was Purdue being down two touchdowns at the half. Right, That's a big deal. Being down 21-7 at, a, at the half is never, never a good thing. Okay. Um, on the flip side, Purdue had, I think, I think Syracuse turned the ball over twice. Uh, Purdue scored directly on one of Syracuse's. Uh, they they uh, they intercepted the ball and Purdue scored right after. So Purdue was um, opportunistic there, but Syracuse was truly opportunistic. While Purdue was kind of trying to find its footing in the first half, first half set a tone for the game. Purdue had to scratch and claw its way out of that hole they had created for themselves. That's the entire game. It's a lot to ask a team to come back from two touchdowns down, um, but keep this in mind with. Eight minutes, eight minutes left in the uh, in the game. Purdue was down just a touchdown. I think they were down. They're down eight. I think they're down eight with eight minutes left. Okay, so they were that close to winning and played that badly, that poorly. Um, there are a couple factors that I look at if you want to dig a little deeper that really get me and that make me think. Okay, this might be the theme we see ongoing. Okay. Dino Babers and his staff is really, really experienced, just like Fresno State and their staff. Very experienced, okay? Very set in their definition of who they are. Maybe maybe that's more important than the amount of experience, okay? And the reason I say that is a team that understands its identity and who they are as a program, there's depth that's created in that. And that came up in this game. Uh, maybe you didn't know this. Syracuse was down three offensive linemen, okay? And yet... Their starting line had, I think, two or three uh, fifth-year senior types that were transfer, and then a junior, and then a sophomore, okay? They have experience in the trenches, and it showed all day. So even when they were down players, they still had a program-defining depth that Purdue doesn't have just yet, and Purdue will have in a couple years, okay? But they have, they have coaches that are old and really good at what they do. They've stayed in the business because they're good at what they do. Um, if you didn't know this, uh, let, me, let me find his name. I want to make sure I get it right. I think it's oh, – I had it written down someplace. Rocky Long. Um, Syracuse's defensive coordinator is named Rocky Long. He's 150 years old, and he's really, really good at his job. He's actually 73 years old, so he's my dad's contemporary, okay, which is cool that he's still doing it. But if you watch him come on the field, he kind of limps on the field because he's an old guy, an old football player. But those old guys know a lot about football, situational football. They know a lot about game prep. They know a lot about the details. And Syracuse showed it. Syracuse looked very sound, especially in the, in, the, uh, in the trenches on both sides of the ball. But specifically, since we're talking about defense, they looked very sound. 
they wouldn't give Purdue's offensive line any chance to do anything good, really. Purdue's offensive line was regressed back to way it, the way it looked in the first game versus Fresno State. Um, Maccabee had no time to get. He needs. He needs. Let give him a step. Give him two steps, and he can do some things. He's slippery, um, but he didn't have any time. And then he didn't help himself at all by fumbling the ball three times, which is really uncharacteristic. I think he had lost two fumbles in his entire career uh, before this game. He only lost one versus Syracuse, but he put the ball on the ground three times. Um, he did not play a good game. Uh, Tyrone Tracy, actually, it seemed like his style of play, just going north and south and hitting the hole hard, really mattered because Purdue wasn't getting many holes blown up, wasn't getting many uh, running lanes uh, spread like they did versus Virginia Tech. So let's look at this. Let's let, so to continue with my thesis of program definition, remember Virginia Tech's coaching staff, I think, is in their second year. Their head coach is in their second year. He had four wins last year. So he's not great at what he does either. That's probably a big deal. Um, but we'll have all this tested a little bit this week versus Wisconsin. Wisconsin has a youngish coach, Luke Fickle, I think. He's probably in his 40s. I'll find out. We're going to have a handsome hour tonight at 9 p.m. And I, I bet details like that will be ham- hammered out. But Wisconsin staff, of course, is not a, an, an entrenched group, right? They lost their, uh, their golden child uh, defensive coordinator. Um, they, they lost all, a lot of their moving parts, and they hired a new head coach who's not that old. Well, Purdue struggled versus old coaches, and I know that's not the whole thing, but let's, let's just see how this pans out as the season goes. I think... I think understanding situations and having a good program um, defining coaching staff is going to be tough for this coaching staff all year. And here, my brother, during the game, and he said it last week too, and it's a little bit negative to completely write off however many years, but there's some truth here. He started talking about the team has to, or the coaching staff has to grow up and in a way that Mike Babinski must have thought it's okay to take some medicine, take some lumps as this coaching staff comes of age because there's some glaring problems. There are some glaring problems that need to be cleaned up and can be cleaned up. <clears throat> but the question is how quickly will they be cleaned up? Can they be cleaned up in a half season? Can they be cleaned up in a season or two? Is it two seasons? Is it three seasons before this coaching staff really has their um, identity cemented i don't know one identity that purdue has right now that's not good is the inability to the inability to gain short yardage graham harrell's offense graham harrell's play calling um is lackluster uh in short yardage situations uh in fact it's after three games, we can see a pattern forming that's very easy to form or very easy to understand. And a veteran coaching staff, any coaching staff, let's take that back, who has the ability to watch film is going to say, okay, here's probably what they're going to do. They're going to go right up the middle, and we're going to be right there to stop them. Purdue's offensive line is not the um, – it's not a pro line. These aren't a bunch of guys that look like they're, they're – there are some guys that could make in the NFL – but this isn't a group of pros. This isn't a. Uh, this isn't the 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 package that that um, protected Drew Brees, and you need a really special offensive line to blow open doors when the defense knows what they're going to do. Right? There are there are offensive line units that can do that, but they are a few and far between. And then the other thing is, 
His offensive line did not play its best game. They still are down Gus Hartwig. And in spite of the fact of him being number one on the depth chart, which makes no sense, um, Gus Hartwig's got some healing to do. He, I told you, I ran, no, I didn't tell that story. I'm not going to. Um, but uh, Gus Hartwig's got a few weeks of healing before he's going to be back playing. And here's your big sign. He wasn't dressed at the game. He was wearing a Hartwig 53 Purdue football t-shirt. Um, you could probably buy it on uh, PurdueSports.com or something. Just a little plug with the NIL era we're in. I like Hartwig a lot, but I don't understand this philosophy of listing a guy as the number one and him not really being ready to play. Not, not being dressed. They knew that coming in. So we'll see if they play this game again next week. I don't think Hartwig's going to be back next week. Um, maybe the week after, maybe for Illinois, but I don't think he'll be back for Wisconsin. And that's going to prove problems. So here's one thing Purdue's going up against next week that's going to be rough. Wisconsin has big, strong bodies. That is that is not going to change in the immediate future. They're still going to recruit those massive human beings, those road graders. They're still going to be on Wisconsin, regardless of whom is coaching. The next part that is positive is that Wisconsin now runs the air raid offense. This is something that's like home cook, home cooking for this Purdue football team. They practice against the air raid every day because Graham Harrell's air raid is a thing. This is why I have a little glimmer of hope. And when I say a little glimmer of hope, it's probably more than a little glimmer of hope. I'm not like most Purdue fans right now in that I don't feel horrible about this Wisconsin game. And it comes down to that factor. Now, Wisconsin's going to be really good at executing the air raid because they have better talent than Purdue does right now all over the board. And they have better depth. And they have better offensive linemen that in those short yardage situations, they can get things done. But if you watch what they did versus Georgia Southern, they struggled for three quarters or two and a half quarters before blowing their doors off. And they did really. But what is that? That's probably a byproduct of being bigger, stronger, and deeper. Will they do the same thing against Purdue? Maybe. But I feel okay about this game. In fact, I feel pretty good about it because I think Ross Aid, I still believe in Ross Aid ma magic at night. I still think it's a thing. It's, it looked great. By the way, Ross Aid shows out in person at night, even better than it did in the first game. When it's full, it's a great place to be. It's an electric place. I actually got to see the game from both sides of the field because I watched part of it with my wife and daughter, thanks to our good pal Ed, who said, hey, I got some tickets. So I went in. I started on the, uh, the home side of the field. Very good seats uh, right at the goal line, uh, really relatively low. Uh, great look over there because I could see the Tiller Tunnel. Really nice angle seeing the team come on the field. It looks stupendous in person. It looks great. And every week, it looks like things are tweaking and getting a little bit better. I think there are still crews probably putting finishing touches. The south end zone looks awesome. The students are incredible. Uh, bring a lot of energy. They, they, they were there early. Of course, it's easy to be there early at a 7 p.m. game. But I actually walked through them, went all the way around the stadium to the other side and watched part of, or most of the second half from my normal seats. And the stadium looks great there. Stadium's loud over there, even with the old people. Ross Aid uh, is a good and tough place to play, and it looks great, man. I, I watched some, some of the game. I haven't watched the whole thing yet. It just looks awesome on TV. Um, it's... Uh, so I, I believe uh, that uh, Ross Aid's still a decently... Uh, intimidating place to play. I don't think Wisconsin will be intimidated necessarily, but I also know they haven't really played. Well, they played Washington State. That's wrong, and they lost. So, if Purdue fans, if you need a reason to be motivated to go to the game this week, 
Uh, Wisconsin floundered at Washington State in a night game. Maybe multiple reasons there, but it was a night game. It's a smaller venue, and it's a less passionate fan base. I know Washington State's good fans, but I like Purdue fans at night. And I like Ross Aid at night, and I like Purdue playing Wisconsin this week on Friday night. So uh, let's see if I had anything else. Uh, I had a couple other things here. Number one, in spite of fumbling the ball twice, making some mistakes, Hudson Card had his best game. I think he... Um, I think he had 363 yards passing. He looked really good throwing the ball. He looks like what Jay said during the handsome hour last week. He looks very sound in his decision-making. It's just he could not. Well, let's say he looks really sound in his decision-making throwing the ball. Um, very sound. And his arm looks good. Um, he's putting the ball in the right place. By the way, on the other side of the ball, Schrader was an absolute freaking maestro. Purdue couldn't figure him out. They didn't want to spy him. This annoyed the hell out of me. If you want to get mad about um, something that the, the Coach Kane did and something that Coach Walters did, not putting a spy on Schrader is asinine. He is so good at running that offense. That guy is, um, he makes great decisions when to pull it, when to keep it. He ran the ball 25 times for 100, over 100 yards. I'm sure it was a record versus Purdue defense um, because there was something, I think he was close to a record last year against Purdue for a quarterback. Um, he was great, and he is great. And Purdue's now played two really sound quarterbacks in uh, Mikey Keene uh, from Fresno State and Garrett Schrader from Syracuse. Both those guys, man, they they own the game. They They come to the line of scrimmage, and they understand what's happening better than their opponent understands themselves, it seems. Um, that was a problem for Purdue. Um, and so leading, jumping off of that problem, there was a, there's a thing on Twitter. I didn't, I wasn't able, I didn't really care about Twitter, honestly, during the game too much, but Jay was on Twitter and, um, some people were spouting off, making comparisons of, um, uh, this coaching staff and specifically coach Walters to coach Hazel. I think it is a stupid, stupid comparison for multiple reasons. Okay. I think it's dumb because Hazel's team looked overwhelmed and, and just swamped right away. I don't think this team looks that way. I think this team looks like a team that needs to figure some things out. There's there's a couple analysts that aren't Purdue people, in case you're looking for people not to be wearing gold-colored glasses, what they think. And they think Purdue's close to to turning a corner and, and getting over the hump here. I don't know if I'd say that. I think there's some things they've got to figure out. I think getting Gus Hartwood back is going to go a big, big, long way. But on the other side, Purdue lost Jenkins during the Syracuse game, and that mattered. Uh, Will Helt came in. He's, I think it's Helt. Um, he came in. Uh, Carmel product. He's a big, long, athletic defensive end. He's a lot more like um, uh, Nick Scourton than than Jenkins. He's just a longer, uh, more athletic guy. Jenkins gets low to the ground, drives guys back into the quarterback, and um, kind of a thunder and lightning thing that happens right now. Helt looked pretty good, but he's not Jenkins yet, right? He's a, he's a true freshman. It's pretty impressive for a true freshman guy who's in the interior to play that well and that early. But Purdue, again, when they lose somebody, it hurts pretty bad right now, okay? the You can blame it on many things. There are a lot of guys that transferred in that don't know their role just yet. There are a lot of guys that are young that haven't grown into the role yet. Whatever it is, Purdue does not have the depth that you'd like to have as a program. 
but first year coaches that often happens Purdue had an immense amount of attrition during this offseason like I said I think it was 37 to 40 players that left the program and Walters had to fill those roles with freshmen and um, and transfers so Purdue's depth shows when a guy like Jenkins specifically a guy who's a big impact player goes down it's trouble a guy like Gus Hartwood goes down it's trouble it's trouble so Purdue still doesn't have their starting center in there running up the gut doesn't make much sense I had a, uh, a, a good interaction with an older Purdue fan who said, so there's two two things, great interactions from different people. One older Purdue fan, he says, I think Hudson Card is having a hard time handling the ball under center. Like he can't get under center and handle a clean snap because I think he's had a couple where he's bobbled them or, or, or fumbled them outright. It's a good theory. Handle Jones, our buddy, he look, says, well, if you watch air raid offenses, really, this is what air raid offenses do. On, on third and short and fourth and short, the, the quarterback's going to be in shotgun. Okay, regardless of the reason of why Purdue is inept on third and fourth and short, they are inept on third and fourth and short, and something has to be changed. This is where Graham Harrell has to earn his, his paycheck, and he gets paid pretty damn well. In this era of college football, he's getting paid a competitive salary, we're told he's a good young mind. Now prove it. Go get better. And he needs to get better. Okay. Let me let me talk about the the let me react to one more thing I started and I interrupted myself on with the the comparisons, the poor comparisons of with Daryl Hazel's uh, coaching staff and Daryl Hazel specifically to um, Ryan Walters. And I'll tell you one big one. You want to know what it is? In the press conference, when asked, what do you do, coach? You had all these fumbles. You had some sloppy football. You had, you had what, 11 penalties? I didn't even talk about that. <clears throat> really, really poor fundamental football. Completely different than the first two games, right? And he said, I let my team down this week. I didn't do enough to prepare. Dale Hazel never did that. I remember watching his press conferences and wanting to just go nuts when he'd say, I got to go back, watch the film, and react. I can't do it yet. I got to watch the film. He didn't take responsibility. Well, Coach Walters takes, responsi takes responsibility. Is that the whole thing? If you take responsibility and you don't know how to figure, figure something out, you don't know the solution, that's, you're going to be doing the same things again. But Coach Walters is taking responsibility. If you naysayers want to compare him to, to Hazel, uh, you've got to look at that one key personality trait. The ability to say, yeah, I screwed up. I need to get better. Okay, he did it. That's a big deal. That matters to me. Um, he's a no-nonsense guy. Um, that matters to me. Now, the next question is how much of a growing curve or whatever you want to call it does this coaching staff have? I think we should kind of buckle up for a process here. And I don't know how long the process takes. But really, one of the key processes is getting all the personnel in place where you've got good ones and good twos, Right. Everybody on the field can play the game, and when you sub guys out, they can play. Right now, Purdue doesn't have the ability to, to bring in and out a ton of guys because they're not ready. Who knows? That could be something that by game four or five has already gotten better. That, there's a possibility of that. There was a good possibility of that, actually. Even Jeff Brom teams had that where teams would start out slow, but then they could start doing wholesale substitutions, uh, especially in the, in the trenches. Maybe this team can grow into that this season. I think that would go a long way into curing some of the things that ail this Purdue team. Um, but there are a lot of things that ail this team in lack of understanding of who they are, the identity of the program. And that comes from new coaches, new people in new places. All this stuff matters. All of it matters. If you don't understand that, 
I don't know if you understand football very well. I got bad news for you. So, um, but um, maybe the the quote of the game comes from uh, Hudson Card in the post game. He said, "We're close to being good." I think it's pretty good. I think that's what this team is. They're close to being good, but they are not good yet. Um, beating Virginia Tech. I didn't see. I don't think Virginia Tech played. I didn't see them come across my ticker. But if they did, you can tell me in the comments or whatever on Twitter. I can check right after, too. I'll probably do that right after the game. I forgot to do that. Um, but uh, I'll watch some film. I'll probably watch the game uh, in the background here as I work today um, and maybe in tonight's Handsome Hour at 9 p.m. Hopefully you tune in. Um, uh, I'll have a little bit more more insight and different perspective. When you're there, it's kind of weird. You don't get everything that you do when you watch the game in person. By the way, there's a guy named Broxton Davis. He's here live. I got to meet Broxton in the stands. I love that. That's one of my favorite things. I met a couple people that are boiled sports listeners and watchers. I met uh, another guy. I can't remember his name. He's a pastor. Great guy. He sat right behind me. Probably uh, didn't appreciate my language at times. I apologize. Again, this is uh, too, uh, yeah, Don't. it's not good. I need to stop that. I need to get better. So I will get better. And hopefully Purdue will get better too. Let me read some of your comments. Thank you to the people who are here live. Really appreciate Ted Burke. He says, missed the game. Sounds like good fortune to me. Uh, still the st- uh, step. Still like the staff, but we need to grow up quickly and get better. Don't want to lose uh, the goodwill from the fans. More importantly, the good recruits. Yeah, Ted, great point. A lot of good points in there. Sorry you missed the game. I would suggest go back and watch it because it's it's it's. N- it's an entertaining game, and I think you see a little bit more every week when you watch. If you got it on DVR, watch it because it's not, it's not embarrassing. Uh, none of that. It's not horrible to watch. It's not getting shellacked, um, and you'll get to see some good stuff. You get to see some the outside receivers. I, one thing I wanted to talk about. Uh, it's great to see another receiver step into a role. Right, you're seeing, um, you're seeing, you seeing step up and become a really good possession receiver. He ripped the ball down out of uh, Syracuse defender's hands a couple times. Um, not because it was a bad pass, because it was thrown in tight spaces. Uh, but he he looks like if he can stay healthy this season, I mean, Purdue has three really good receivers right now, plus a solid tight end. Um, and I'm talking about Max Clare. Uh, Garrett Miller plays limited roles still. He still doesn't play a lot. Max Clare, I think, had 50 yards receiving. But you've got Burks. You've got Sheffield and you've got Yassine, who have all proven that they catch the balls that are thrown to them um, and and Claire. And if you put it in, in a place that that's catchable, they're generally going to bring it down. Um, Burks is the guy that's going to burn teams if you don't make that first tackle. His yards after reception are better, I would think. Um, I haven't looked at that, but Burks is pretty dangerous with the ball in his hands. Um, they're solid. This is solid receiving core. Uh, that's very, very good to see. Um, I had one other thought about that. Interesting, again, Garrett Miller is listed, I think, as the one on the depth chart, and he plays limited, a limited role because he's still not back to 100%. It's a weird way to handle the depth chart, but oh well, not a big deal. Chris Harder, uh, my pal, says, uh, lots of beverage at that game. Yeah, um, uh, you know, a lot of people, I, I had a couple bourbons before I uh, got to the game because you had this long period of time. I watched a lot of football, had a great situation. My neighbor lent me an RV, a 36-foot RV, so it's driving a house. I drove that house to Purdue. I parked it in the RV lot. Here, this is a good story. Parked the RV lot, enjoy the time there. Flew the BS flag, by the way. Some of you guys didn't. I mean, in fact, nobody noticed the BS flag. Interesting. It could be the RV crowd is a little different than our demo. Um, But... 
enjoyed some pregame stuff with my son, his girlfriend, my wife, uh, my dad. Um, it was great. And my brother, uh, great. My, uh, let's see, my nephew and brother didn't get there. I'm keeping score. Um, I'm just kidding. Uh, but uh, it would have been nice to have him there. Great tailgate atmosphere. It was a lot of fun. Um, after the game, Purdue botched the shuttle so badly. Many of you were affected by this. If you were going to the North Lots, my brothers left the game and got to their houses in Fishers, Indiana, quicker than I got to the RV 1.3 miles away. And you'd say, hey, fatty, why don't you walk? That's a fair point. Fair point. But my dad, who he would get there, he just, it'd be a slower walk. He may be tuning in. But my dad's a 75-year-old guy. We really wanted to take the shuttle. We wanted to all be back around the same time. I could not believe how poorly Purdue handled this. And every week, there's a big game. They handle something poorly, getting in and out of the stadium. Get better at this, Purdue. I mean, if you want to be uh, critical of Babinski about something, it's this. The ancillary parts of the, the day, whether it's concessions, ticket-taking, or moving human beings in and out of the stadium, it's atrocious. They got to do better. They got to do better. And I don't know if anybody from Purdue Athletic Department listens to this podcast, but if you know somebody who works there, tell them this is a legit gripe. Get better. Shit. I mean, like it's the people that pay for those RV lots, that's $100 in parking. And then they get they get kicked in the teeth like that. I mean, I don't usually do it. I actually paid more than that because I wanted my, my neighbor, he set me up so well. I paid more than that in parking because I was like, yeah, here, give me, I mean, thanks for doing this for me. But... Gosh, that's frustrating. And the people that are working from Lafayette Limo, they had no answers. There was not one answer. So Lafayette Limo's out, Limo's out of line, and so is Purdue Sports. Get better, guys. Gosh darn it. All right. Um, let's see. Todd uh, Tom Headington said, boiler up, my positive take on the game. Thieneman might be our best defensive player, and it's great. The negative is that you... Uh, he can't be our leading tackler if we want to be great on D. I'm glad I read comments because they help me remember things I should remember. Thieneman had a great game again. He had 15 or 14 tackles total. Um, solo, he had 10. He is. If you think this defense is rough around the edges right now, without Thieneman, it would be a lot worse because he has to make a lot of saving tackles because there is no third level in this defense. You've got line, you got linebackers. There's, there's nothing after that other than Thieneman. He come, he's coming a long way downhill. If you've ever played football, you may understand sprinting into a play and then having to change direction to, to, to not only deliver a blow but drive a guy down, really, really difficult football. Thieneman's good. He is really good. He's Stu Schweigert as a freshman good. I mean that. Um, Cam Allen had an interception. That's great. It's great. Thieneman is by far the best defensive back. Uh, there's no, it's not even close. Good point, Tom. Joe Inslee, uh, if the opponent had a, has a competent QB, the defense can't get off the field. Yep, it's correct. He continues his point. Um, give, give the staff time to get their guys in. Yeah, I, I, I like a lot of the, the parts on the defensive side of the ball, but it's incomplete right now. So good points. Um, a good quarterback is going to pick this team apart generally. And they did, the defense did not adjust where they could have or should have. Uh, yeah, they just, they just didn't make enough adjustments. They didn't. And that's, I'll be critical where it needs to be critical. And I think the coaching staff has their work cut out. Uh, Broxton Davis, sorry. Uh, agree with Tom. Uh, Thieneman was great. Broxton, I think, I think you're, I, I think you're the guy that I met. 
I'm almost positive. I'm not great. It could be another guy. There's a guy named is Broxton or Brockton. So I apologize if I'm not right, but I'm really bad with names, but it was nice meeting you. Um, so if it was you, I, I nice meeting you. If it wasn't you, hopefully we'll meet sometime. Um, Kevin Spry, long time, uh, not first time. Um, 24, will Braylon Allen ha, uh, have 240 yards rushing Friday night? I don't think so. I just don't think so. I, I, I don't feel like that's how this game's going to go. I could be wrong, but um, I don't think so. So hope, hopefully, hopefully I'm right. Hopefully you're wrong, but I don't know. I really don't know. We're all guessing. Uh, overreaction feeling, why does it seem le- that Coletto is calling some of the offensive plays? Okay, now this is good, and this is old-timey Purdue football. If you're my age and, uh, uh, and Tom's age, you remember Jim Coletto football. You also remember um, Shoop's offense. You also remember Nord's offense. These are all offensive doldrums, and I think any of those parallels can be brought up because you have the predictability of some of the – the play calling in short yardage, the bullheadedness to say, yeah, we're a running team. We're going to run between the tackles. Well, guess what? I'm looking back there. There's no Mike Allstott back there. And without Mike Allstott, you're not going to be able to run between the tackles very well because you're going to have to take absorb a lot of contact right away when you get the ball. Coach Harrell, stop calling these damn plays up the middle on third and short and fourth and short with this personnel. It doesn't work. It's not going to work with a team with a decent line. I think Virginia Tech may have been the um, uh, exception. Teams like Virginia Tech that aren't very well coached, that aren't very, uh, they don't have deep personnel, and there are a couple on the on the schedule. There are teams that Purdue I think can beat just as as things sit right now. I see three more wins right now, so that it would take Purdue to four. I think I predicted five. Um, if Purdue makes adjustments and gets better, they can get more wins than that because there are still other teams that are that are beatable. But there are teams that are beatable right now on the schedule as they sit and as Purdue sets. Um, obviously, everything changes week to week. Um, but a lot of people say Wisconsin isn't one of those, so I disagree. That's okay. It's okay. We'll see. We'll see if it's just my. Uh, I got a thing. I'm gonna. I'm gonna tell the handsome hour guys this. We're gonna call this. Uh, we're gonna call it. Um, uh, what, wait. I'll just. I'll, I'll release it later. In the streak week. In the streak week. And we're going to have end the streak week until Purdue, until I die or Purdue beats Wisconsin here at Boiled Sports. Got to get done with this streak. Got to get done with it. It's got to happen sometime. Hopefully this is something Coach Walters has that other Purdue coaches haven't had since Tiller, a guy who has passed away, the last guy who beat Wisconsin at Purdue. Put that into perspective. It's like 24, 25 years, something like that. 20 losses in a row incredible ineptitude versus one program. Only one program to program, I think, rivalry is like that in the Big Ten right now. I think IU's ineptitude versus Ohio State is worse. But this is bad. It's a bad streak. Got to get over this. Nathan, uh, Nolan Hostetler, pardon me, Nolan Hostetler says, uh, really felt that we had scored on the first drive of the game. Uh, Might have been different. Uh, Yes, you're right. Uh, just failed to uh, da, 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 take command of the momentum. Yeah, Purdue drove all the way down the field. They were, what, fourth? They were on the goal line if I remember correctly it was on the other side of the field if I remember correct you get all the way down there you got to punch it in you got to find a way and that's a huge deal and then and then Syracuse drives all the the way down the field and scores that is a massive momentum shift and it's kind of a macho thing you say you couldn't do it and we just did it that was a big deal and you have to kind of get your get the cobwebs out of your head as the as the players in that situation so yeah very good point Nolan Um, let's see 
uh, Andy Day says, Walter even said it half they need to spy the QB. Yeah, they did. You know who's in control of this, Ryan? You are. And I know he's handling it like CEO on game day. He's he's really not getting involved in uh, in Kane and Harold's business, it seems, a lot. Got to get involved in that one. If you can see the situation that they need a spy, put the spy in place. And there are a lot of guys on this team that could have played the spy. I mean, you could bring... I know it. I know it was. It's a bad thing in this offense to move that that you know deep set safety out of the situation. But you could put Thieneman as the spy, and he would have feasted, and it would have changed the game. One thing that's bad on the other end, and I didn't. I don't even know if I, I said this. Syracuse dropped a lot of balls. They were down. I think their best Gadsden um, was out of the game, and he ate Purdue up last year. Uh, but he's not had the hugest, most productive year this year. My son reminded me of that. Um, but the uh, the guy behind him dropped three or four balls that were on the money, and they were long passes, and that's uh, that's kind of a big deal. So uh, it, what I'm saying is it could have been worse. Um, I mean that. Let's see. Uh, new players. Todd Headington says, again, new players, new staff, new system. Truly believe that we're going to have a rough year, but like Boilerdale said, the future is going to be better. I, I think that, that could be very well true. Uh, we'll see. Time will tell endure people if you like if this is your favorite thing your favorite um uh way to get away from from real life don't bail don't be that guy don't be that girl be better q turner says uh, rdbs are tough to watch they look like they're bird watching they look this is a bad game they were they were out of position a lot there are a lot of open receivers that drop balls so mark garrity says seems like purdue is just misfiring now has the potential to compete once the misfiring stops, I think that comes with a system and knowledge of a system. So I think it's a good part, uh, point, Mark. Um, we also had the third string center in all game. Yeah, uh, Kalkenbrenner. Um, is he third or second string? Doesn't matter. He's a good lineman. He's a really good lineman. Um, and I think he played the whole game, I think. Maybe I'm wrong. This could be one of those things that I missed on uh, in person. You guys can tell me if I'm wrong. Uh, Kalkenbrenner is a really good lineman. I know he started the game at center. Um, but he's not the starting center. So there's a big difference there. John Faker, uh, I still think the team will be fine. Uh, they're just young. Agreed. They're young. Everybody's green. No, no Q Turner. Uh, agree. They'll be fine. Saturday was winnable. Saturday is a game that to me was pivotal for this team to get to a bowl. If you care. And I keep saying, I make this joke and I'll make it again, getting to the, the illustrious pinstripe bowl. Cause they're not going to get to a good bowl this year. It's probably was going to be a six win bowl. That doesn't mean you bail or quit or whatever. It just means that, um, the, the chances of getting to a bull are slimming when you drop games like this. So now you have to go to make up for this. You've got to go beat Wisconsin. It's that simple. That's pretty tough. It's a tall order. Um, let's see. Todd Singer. How are you, Todd? Uh, I think things are ahead. Uh, good things are ahead for Walters and Purdue, but it's going to take some time. Agree. Andy Day. Virginia Tech lost to Rutgers. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. I think Rutgers handled them. Thank you. Thank you for that, Andy. Um, yeah. Rutgers got that Rutgers handled Virginia Tech. Um, and Rutgers is fine. That's it. They've got a good coach. He's getting his people in place. Remember, he's he's a legend at Rutgers. Now he's a two-time le- legend at Rutgers. So um, Shiano is uh, a very good coach. Um, and he knows how to recruit that area. And he's probably going to retire at Rutgers. And maybe this year he kind of gets Rutgers back to facing the right direction. Uh, but handling Virginia Tech, 35-16, there you go, um, says uh, Todd. Yeah, um, 
Virginia Tech's not very good. Okay, uh, Boiler Bugle. Uh, I always have to scan my ticket twice for some reason. Yep, that's it. Boiler Bugle's right on. Um, that's one of the problems that Purdue has. Get some scanners that work. Get a system that works. I've been around. I've come into gates where they're literally, they can't do it. Something's wrong. Either your phone's wrong, whatever. I have paper tickets because we got paper tickets to help my dad and another friend um, because they don't want to have things on their phone. We, it, to do that, it's an, an amazingly painful uh, process, which I'm not blaming Purdue. I think paper tickets are silly in this era. But I've got paper tickets. They scan great. But I'm always behind people in line for some reason with their phone, which is how you should scan in this era, and it doesn't work. Uh, Broxton Davis, that is me. Excellent. Good to meet you, Broxton. Uh, great talking to you. Uh, Greg McManus, good morning. How are you, sir? Uh, Wisconsin doesn't look as bruising as they have in the past. They do not. They do not look as bruising. They are not philosophically as bruising. They are still big. Um, so so it's, it's not the same team, though. This is not even your uncle's Wisconsin team. So uh, you're right. I'll be there on Friday. Hopefully I'm the good luck charm. I believe you are. Generally, you're a good luck charm for Purdue and for me, Greg. Uh, maybe I'll see you. I hope I see you, actually. We should, we should, we should say hi to each other, Greg. I, I think we've been talking about that for years. So let's try to figure that out. Uh, Nolan Hostetler uh, also met me at the stadium. Yeah, I, Nolan, I believe we had met before. I believe we'd met before, right? Tell me I'm wrong. My brain doesn't work very well. But yeah, great talking to you. Um, really appreciate you saying hi. Um, let's see. I don't know what the context is here. Uh, yeah. Uh, Boiler Max, um, not a defeatist, but most important outcome in the is building momentum into 24. Yep, I agree. That includes recruiting. Absolutely. Very important. Um, the recruiting class looks pretty solid. Now you got to hold on to the guys that verbaled. Um, I don't know when early signing period begins, but it's really close, I think. In basketball, it's really close, right? We've got, what, October, November when guys officially sign, and there's a big one coming. <clears throat> I don't like to talk about recruiting. You guys know that. But there's a big signing hopefully coming very soon. All the tea leaves look great on Twitter. A program uh, completing type guy. I don't even like talking that way. I don't even like talking about recruiting, guys. I hate it. It's gross, and it gets more gross every year with new rules. It gets more horrible, but it's absolutely lifeblood of a program. Uh, Connor Bradley says, once the defense gets figured out, Card's uh, PFF pass grade has increased week after week, nearly 70% this week with 323 yards. He can, he can throw the ball, uh, and he makes great decisions, and uh, he can place it. He can, he's got different throws he can throw stuff underneath hard and accurately between people he has great touch um i would like to see this team generate more than 20 points a game i mean that's that is the that is really bad really low in this era of college football but that's where we are you got to call it ace and ace and a spade a spade purdue is okay on offense Right, I think they're averaging twenty something points a game. Um, yeah, Greg, let's plan on it. We'll figure that out. Boiler Max uh, will be there Friday. Oh, good, excellent. I got. I think it, it's a sold, sellout again. I think section one twenty one. Okay, uh, I think you're on the other side, but we'll figure it out. Uh, yeah, we met at Big Ten Championship. That's right. See, look at that. It was in there, Nolan. Yeah, that was great. We met. Uh, it was freezing cold on the street. Uh, or no, right inside the. Inside the convention center, inside the doors. None of you care except for Nolan and I. So, but 
good thing my brain's kind of working. Greg, final comment. This is it. Yeah, if I'm mid to high ranked uh, O line looking at Purdue, then I see opportunity. Uh, Purdue Purdue is has a lot of need. Purdue has a lot of need. No no, no doubt, Greg. And um, they can they can get better quickly. Uh, but football is obviously a lot harder than basketball to get get good quickly. If you look at some cautionary tales, there's lots of cautionary tales out of Michigan State. Um, but um, if you look at the way Tucker built that one-year team, they had a one-year team. He made $100 million off it, and now you have a lawsuit and embarrassing behavior at Michigan State. Always shocking. Um, regardless, of, regardless of this guy being guilty or innocent of what's being accused, the things he admitted are really embarrassing. Like, just embarrassing and icky, right? Um, but remember, he built that one-year team, and it really comes down to one guy. It came down to Walker, right, at uh, running back. He was awesome. He was lightning in a bottle. He's a pro now because he's that good. I think he was a Wake Forest transfer. But, yeah. Um, don't build your program just based on transfers. I don't care who you are, Deion Sanders or Tucker or whomever. I know there are other guys that are doing it that way. That's not it. It's not it's not the way you build culture. It's not the way you build a program. I don't think Walters wants to have the entire team based on transfers, unless they're guys with two, three years left. I just don't, I don't think it's the right way to do it. I hope it's not what he's going to do. Hudson Card is a transfer. Obviously, he's a captain. He's not the only one on the team who's been a good guy who's transferred in. So I'm not saying they're bad guys. I'm saying don't build your entire program definition on transfers. I don't think it's a good way to be. So that's about it. Boy, that's a long show. 45 minutes. I had a lot to say. You guys had a lot to say. Really appreciate those who tuned in live and those who are listening on delay as well. Um, like I said, 9 p.m. tonight. If you've got the time, if you've got the energy, come see us. Handsome hour. It'll be live and it's going to be lit, as no one says anymore. Don't even know why I made that stupid joke, but I did. I, went, I saw the shot and I took it. God bless you. Hammer down. Talk to you soon. Nine o'clock tonight, Monday night, September 18th. Handsome hour. We'll see you.